You're listening to the Resilient Type Podcast with Grace McCorgle. I'm a teacher turned mindset coach for millennial women, and I'm here to help you reframe your thinking and enhance your resilience so you can overcome your biggest obstacle, yourself. On this podcast, I'll be diving into the mindset issues that are keeping you stuck and sharing actionable advice to help you get out of your own way so you can reach your full potential. Ready? Let's go. Hi guys, welcome to episode five of the Resilient Type podcast. Today I'll be sharing five simple ways to improve your resilience. I chatted about resilience in the last episode and I shared a tool that can help you identify your strengths and weaknesses when it comes to resilience. It's called the Resilience Quiz and if you haven't taken it yet, I suggest you give it a go before you listen to this episode. You can find the Resilience Quiz in the resource library at empoweredmillennialgirl.com. So pause this episode and go sign up to get access now. I can wait. In this episode, I'll briefly explain what resilience is, why it's important to understand your strengths and weaknesses when it comes to resilience, and then I'll share five simple ways to improve your resilience that align with your specific weaknesses. See? Told you the quiz would come in handy. By the end of this episode, you'll understand what resilience is, why it's important to understand your strengths and weaknesses, and how to start improving your resilience today. Before we get started, let me know if you're tuning in. Take a screenshot, share it on Instagram, and don't forget to tag me at Empowered Millennial Girl so I can send you some love. With the outbreak of coronavirus, it'd be fair to assume that the majority of people's resilience would be well and truly tested right now. In May 2019, EverydayHealth.com, along with wellness researchers at The Ohio State University, conducted a national survey called The State of Resilience. 3,583 people aged between 13 and 73 took the survey. The results showed that most Americans misjudged their resilience. 83% of those who were questioned thought that they had high levels of mental and emotional resilience, But when they were tested, only 57% scored as resilient. We can only imagine what the figures would be like if the survey was done post-coronavirus. But what actually makes someone resilient? Well, the University of Pennsylvania identified seven key factors of resilience. One, emotion regulation, how well you regulate and express your feelings in a socially acceptable way. Two, impulse control how well you control your impulses. Three, causal analysis, how well you uncover the facts that led to a certain situation. Four, realistic optimism, how much you believe you'll eventually succeed with effort and action. Five, self-efficacy, how much you believe in your capacity to succeed. Six, empathy, how well you understand and share others' feelings. And seven is reaching out, so how good you are asking for support. Seems like a lot to consider, right? Well, that's why it's important to understand our strengths and weaknesses when it comes to resilience. Because resilience is such a multifaceted concept, it's only natural that you'd be stronger in some of these areas more than others. The good news? Because resilience is a skill, it is something you can work on and improve. Knowing your weaknesses can help you identify the specific areas you need to work on so you can tailor your resilience training accordingly. I remember when I was at school, I would spend more time studying English and history because I was good at them, 
but that didn't help me when it came to my maths exam. Don't be like me in this scenario. Identify your weaknesses and spend more time improving your resilience in those areas. If you haven't taken the resilience quiz yet, go do that now so you're clear on what your specific strengths and weaknesses are. It'll only take about 10 to 15 minutes to complete and the direct link for the resource library is also in this episode description. Ready? Okay. Now that you're aware of your strengths and weaknesses, I'm going to share five simple ways that you can improve your resilience based on the factors I mentioned previously. The first way to improve your resilience is to make time for self-care daily. Do you struggle with emotion regulation? If so, you may need to make time for more self-care. Think about the last time you lost your temper. Maybe you had a bad day at work came home to find that your darling fur baby got into the toilet rolls again and it completely tipped you over the edge. Or maybe you got some bad news when you were out and about and took it out on a retail worker. Are any scenarios coming to mind for you right now? When we're stressed, emotion regulation can be a challenge. Even if we're normally level-headed, it's easy to raise our voices or become snappy when we're run down. Unfortunately, some stress is a part of life. But that's why it's so important to practice regular self-care so we're better able to handle stress when it happens. There are five aspects of self that I'd like you to consider. These include physical, mental, emotional, social and spiritual. So our physical aspect of self is any activity related to maintaining or improving your body. So this could be sleep, working out or cooking a good meal. The mental aspect of self would be an activity that stimulates your intellect or creativity. So doing a hobby, solving a puzzle or reading a book. Your emotional aspect of self would be an activity that makes you aware of or nurture your feelings. Like having a social media detox or even journaling. The social aspect of self would be an activity where you engage with others like catching up with friends or playing with your dog. And spiritual aspect of self is an activity that helps you recognize or build a relationship with a higher power. It could be prayer, it could be meditation, or it could even be spending some time in nature. Ideally, you'd be accessing all of these aspects of self each day, but I know we all lead busy lives, so it's probably more achievable to spend at least 10 minutes a day on one of these aspects of self. So for example, you might go to church on Sunday, that's spiritual, journal on Monday, that's emotional, read on Tuesday, that's mental, go to bed early on Wednesday, physical, have social media free day on Thursday, emotional, catch up with friends on Friday, social, and go for a long walk on Saturday, physical. If you make time for a different aspect of self each day, you'll have considered all aspects of yourself in your self-care routine during the week. In my free resource library, I actually have a self-care workbook that can help you create a self-care routine that works around your schedule. So if you're interested in finding out more, go sign up at empoweredmillennialgirl.com. See, improving your emotion regulation doesn't have to be difficult. The second simple way to improve your resilience is planning for your triggers. If one of your weaknesses is impulse control, planning for your triggers can help. What do I mean by planning for your triggers? Well, knowing what your triggers are and having a plan in place to follow when you're triggered. Personally, impulse control 
is one of my strengths, but I can recognise that I start feeling stressed when I have lots of competing demands, and stress can make impulse control more difficult. Let's use that as an example. Picture a solo receptionist behind the counter, phone ringing, 30 unread emails, and three customers standing in front of her. Got the sweats yet? The plan I have in place when this happens, because this will happen, is to take a deep breath, relax my shoulders, and prioritize my tasks. So my first task would be to answer the phone, put the person on hold, ask a colleague to help if possible, assist the customers in front of me, go back to the person on hold, and then finally deal with the emails when I have no other more pressing priorities. Obviously, this is a simple example, but being prepared both physically and mentally will help a lot when it comes to impulse control. Try applying this to improve your resilience if impulse control is one of your weaknesses. Side note, last year I was really struggling with stress management, so if you find that stress is impacting your health and you want to develop a personalised relaxation kit that you can turn to when you're feeling stressed, you can grab a copy of the Stressless Workbook in my free resource library at empoweredmillennialgirl.com. The third simple way to improve your resilience is to use the five whys framework. Resilient people take the time to analyse the situation and they can understand why they're feeling the way they do. If your weakness lies in causal analysis, you may need to work on your problem solving skills. The five whys framework is a simple way to improve this. How? Well, it's pretty simple. If you have a problem that won't go away, you can be sure there's a deeper issue going on that you're missing. When a problem comes up, you can get to the root of the problem by literally asking why five times. Think of how toddlers continuously ask why when you explain something to them. Stay away from that. Why? Because plugs are dangerous. Why? Because it's connected to the electricity. Why? Because it makes our TVs work. A scenario like this can be frustrating for you, but an excellent learning experience for little Timmy. How can you apply the five wise framework? Well, say for example, you tend to have more bad days than good days at work, but you aren't sure why. If you ask why the first time, you might just pass it off as a red light that made you late. But ask why again, and you might realize that you're scared of getting into trouble at work. Ask why again, and you might realize that you fear losing your job. Ask why again, and you might realize you're concerned about finding another job in this market and ask why for the fifth time, and you might realize you're concerned about losing your home and that your finances are worrying you. We like to stay stuck in confusion because it means we don't have to take action. We don't want to take action because we don't want to risk failure. But if you want to improve your causal analysis or your problem solving skills, and ultimately improve your resilience, the five wise framework is a simple strategy that you can implement at literally any time. The fourth simple way to improve your resilience is considering your achievements. Truth be told, I'm not naturally a glass half full kind of person. It's very easy for me to focus on what's gone wrong or what could have been done better rather than what I've achieved. Maybe you're the same. For those of you who find that self-efficacy is one of your weaknesses, then I want you to listen to this very carefully and I encourage you to take action. If you're lacking confidence and self-belief, you're probably stuck in critical mode, worrying about what people think, expecting failure, and beating yourself up for not being perfect. 
It's no wonder that if you're listening to all these negative thoughts on repeat 24-7, you're going to start believing them. What you're probably ignoring are all the wins you've had. I remember when I was teaching, I made myself an appreciation box filled with nice notes, cards, and a couple of little mementos from students. When I was feeling really disheartened and stressed, that's what I would look through when I needed to stay motivated. My friend Gabby, who runs a podcast called Top 20s, had this ingenious idea called the big page of little wins, which I think is probably more practical than the appreciation box. But basically what you do is you use a double page spread in your diary or notebook and you write down each win, no matter how small or big. Then you also include the date that it happened. So for example, if you're working towards a business goal, you might record the key milestones you achieved, a relevant compliment someone gave you, or maybe even something difficult you overcame at the time. And if you record the date with it, it really lets you see how you've progressed throughout the year. When you keep forging ahead and neglecting the little wins, you're robbing yourself of an opportunity for gratitude and appreciation, and you're going to get burnt out and disheartened pretty quickly. Spending time considering your achievements is so important if you want to stay motivated and build your resilience. Give this a go, I'm sure it's going to help you. And finally, the fifth simple way to improve your resilience is to read literary fiction with diverse characters. Maybe this sounds like a stretch, but stick with me. I promise there's some thought behind this strategy. Can you guess which aspect of resilience this strategy relates to? Empathy. A social psychologist at the New School in New York led a series of studies that found reading literary fiction was shown to improve participants' empathy. This could be because fiction tends to follow complex characters, and as we follow the character's journey, we become emotionally involved in their lives. Earlier in the year, I was lucky enough to attend an author talk with Margaret Atwood. Any Handmaid's Tale fans here? At the end of the interview, the audience had a chance to ask their own questions, and an English teacher asked, What would you say to boys who don't see themselves in the characters in your work? And quite rightly, Margaret Atwood replied, well, fiction would be pretty boring if the characters were exactly like us. The characters we read about should give us insight into different experiences, a different way of thinking, and a different way of life. Even if we don't have the opportunity to expose ourselves to diversity in real life, we can explore it through fiction, and there are so many diverse characters out there. If improving your empathy is a priority, reading literary fiction with diverse characters is such an easy way to do this. To summarise everything we've covered in this episode, resilience is built through emotion regulation, impulse control, causal analysis, realistic optimism, self-efficacy, empathy and reaching out. It's important to understand which of these factors you're stronger and weaker in so you can identify the specific areas you need to work on and focus your practice accordingly to become more resilient. To improve your resilience, five simple things you can do include making time for daily self-care, planning for your triggers, using the five whys framework, considering your achievements on a regular basis, and reading literary fiction with diverse characters. Not all of these tips may apply to you, 
but applying those that align with the weaknesses in your resilience and continuing to practice them will make such a huge difference down the track. That's it for me today, but I hope you found this episode helpful and I'll talk to you again soon. Enjoying the podcast? Let's make it official. Subscribe and leave a review so more people can find the show. It would mean the world to me. And if you want to read today's show notes, head over to empoweredmillennialgirl.com. Thanks for tuning in.